This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Our friend Emily Zanotti of Heat Street, where she is the political editor, joins now. She's got a whole bunch of pieces up on heatstreet.com. We're going to run down them, rack them, and stack them. Hey, Emily, how are you? Sounds good. Good. How are you? I'm good. All right, let's talk some stories on HeatStreet.com. First, media agrees Donald Trump's inauguration speech was dark and swiped from a Batman villain. They even said that because he wanted to return power to the people, which I thought was sort of a phrase that you could use for a whole bunch of different reasons, he was just straight up plagiarizing Bane from uh, the Dark Knight movie. Yeah, so obviously because he said, I'm going to return power to the people, it appeared in his speech. It appeared in Bain's speech right before he blew up a football stadium. That was an indication that Donald Trump was clearly going to become an arch-villain and we were going to be required to have Batman. It seems a little, seems a little bit like a leap to me. I'm, I'm just putting this out there. Yeah, just yeah. A, a little bit of a logical leap, but, you know. I'm- I'm getting it. I'm getting a little bit of a sense too that the media in general does not like Donald Trump. There's that thought that keeps running through my head, and I'm seeing some evidence to support this thesis as well. Yeah, you know, I feel like we've kind of entered an era where we're back to investigative reporting, and they've just decided somewhere along the line that they don't like him. So this is just going to be the theme for the next eight years. And at the inauguration, every single one of them, we couldn't find a media outlet on mainstream news that did not call that speech dark. They used the exact same terminology. And I wanted to ask you, uh, this may be an impossible question, but just as you can define it or, or try to get near a definition for it. What was, I'm going to talk about this more in the third hour, but what was the woman's march all about, the women's march all about this weekend, really? I'm not really sure. I think it was just an excuse to give a lot of people the ability to knit something. I, I feel like I asked this question a number of times to a number of attendees, and they simply couldn't give me an actual reason they were marching. I was having a really hard time zeroing in on that. It was, I guess, nice to see people peacefully protesting instead of what happened on Friday with the burning limos, but it lacked a little bit of focus. There was a definite lack of focus, and uh, I'll be playing the Ashley Judd and and Madonna audio in the the third hour, at least read Ashley Judd's quotes with some words stripped out. She's a nut bar, by the way. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah. I, I, I was thinking of the Women's March because Elizabeth Harrington over at the Washington Free Beacon, who's uh, got some funny stuff on Twitter, uh, good Twitter account, and Sean Davis over at the Federalist, 
he retweeted her tweet, which is a headline, and I want to find where this headline is, and I haven't been, I haven't Google searched it yet. But the headline from someone's think piece over the weekend was how the women's march, women's march, women's marches, genital-based feminism isolated the transgender community. That's right. The women's march wasn't transgender friendly enough. Yeah, we actually did a story on this. One of my colleagues did a story on this this morning because transgender individuals may not actually have lady-based parts. And so to call it a genitalia-based march or a women's march or use terminology for the female genitalia was actually transphobic. So you have to stay away from talking about, you know, those pink hats or the fact that people were dressed up as paper mache lady parts because that's insensitive to people who might identify as a woman but don't actually have those things. Another piece on HeatStreet.com. Barack Obama is back on Twitter under his own handle. He's This is not going to be like other presidencies in recent memory. Barack, Barack Obama, no. he may not run again, but he's not going away either, is he? No, he says that he's going to remain very involved in politics. He's going to be a foil for Trump for as long as he can be. After he's done golfing in Palm Springs, he's coming back to D.C. to start the Obama Foundation, which is supposed to just make up his presidential library and archive all of his resources. But he says it's actually going to be a politically active organization opposing certain policy agendas. Do you want to do you want to do an exasperated breathe out with me there for a second? Just, just, if you, uh, yeah, everybody at home too. Okay, anyway, it sounds like we're in a, in, a, uh, in a hot yoga class now. Okay, so There's one more thing we got here. Um, that that's how we you know how that's how we roll here. What's it's called? Uh, uh, what's the hot yoga called? Come on. Oh, Bikram you're yoga. from Chicago. You know, don't pretend. What's the hot yoga called? <laughs> Bikram, Bikram, there we go. Bikram, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I need to do yoga, but I I haven't done it yet. I've tried to do yoga once or twice, and I felt like my world was collapsing in on me, so I haven't gone back in a while. Okay, back to important things that people want to hear about from the news cycle. Uh, The standing, oh, I like this one, heatstreet.com. Standing Rock Tribe would like Dakota Access protesters to please leave. What happened here? I thought it was one big, fantastic drum circle hippie fest. Lots of patchouli. person camp and and there were children and they were all reenacting Burning Man and the North Dakota Plains but the Standing Rock Sioux tribe who actually started the fight against the Dakota Access Pipeline back in the summer now says that the protesters are just getting really annoying they're not cleaning up after themselves so they're causing their own environmental crisis and it's getting kind of cold outside, and they don't want to be responsible for a bunch of hippies freezing themselves. And so they've asked them to please depart. They've given them until February 1st to start the process of packing up, and they have to be gone by February 28th, or the tribe itself is actually going to take action. Okay. There's a few great things here that I, that I didn't get in my initial uh, rundown this morning that have since gone up on HeatStreet.com. By the way, I, I really enjoy your site. A lot of fun. Uh, oh, thanks. This is uh, we first we have people are calling the women's marches transphobic again the trans community mm-hmm. making an appearance here because of all the references to the p word. Well, yeah. w- what what are they supposed to do about that? 
Apparently, you are not supposed to associate the Women's March with actual women. You have to associate it with sort of this, I guess, extended definition of what constitutes a member of the female gender. And actually, we found out this morning that lady parts are not included in that definition. If you had told somebody 10 years ago, I would say probably even five years ago, but definitely 10 years ago, that there would be a movement underway that would be completely crazed with self-righteousness that mm-hmm. states that it doesn't matter what your genitalia is, you can de- you can determine gender as an act of will. That would have been, you would have been a fear-mongering right-wing nutjob, and and yet here we are. Yeah, you would have been accused of snowballing and saying that, oh, this sort of cultural change is going to make a disaster that they're all going to have to live with. You would have been written off as a right-wing nut job and told to, you know, go back to wherever you came from. But, no, here we are. And, yes. What, are you familiar with this term gaslighting when they say Trump is gaslighting America and all the left-wing bloggers were using yes. this for a while? You know, you know this gaslighting thing? Yeah, that's trying to make you seem like you're crazy. Yeah, so, like, what is gaslighting? So, basically, it's an old movie. There's a movie called Gaslight, and in it, the protagonist is made, she's made to seem crazy by her husband so that she'll, I guess, divorce him or leave him. In this case, they think that Donald Trump is telling all of these people across America that America is bad, and so that's why they're voting for him, because they've been sort of hoodwinked by Donald Trump or hypnotized by Donald Trump into believing that their situation is bad when really it's quite fantastic. Ah, interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, another one, by the way, worth, worth pointing out, also Heatree.com, Women's March protesters, wow, Women's March protesters booed Trump hotel staff aiding woman having a heart attack. Yes. Any details here other than just, is, it, is, is, is the headline pretty much the whole story? It could be. The headline's the whole story. They were walking past the Trump Hotel, and the EMTs were there, and uh, Trump Hotel staff were trying to help a woman who was on the floor and clearly not breathing, and they just decided to boo the staff just because they saw them right out in front of the hotel, even though they were actually saving a woman's life. There was, there was no differentiation between the man himself the actual hotel, and the staff, or the EMTs for that matter. What happens with the protest movement? Do you think it continues on, or do they have they gotten out of their system for a little while? You know, you had Occupy Wall Street, and then there was a little period of, well, let's reevaluate, and then you had Black Lives Matter, and now under Trump, mm-hmm. is, is it going to be what? Any ideas, any, any sense of what you think is coming down the pike here, or we just can't know? we can know right now i think even with the tea parties we kind of didn't know what was going to happen two or three years later these people who attended the march on saturday seem to have done it primarily for the instagrams and not really for the 2018 elections so despite michael moore encouraging them to get out and run for office and madonna apparently telling them she's probably going to bomb the white house i don't really see this effort translating into action but i suppose that remains to be seen all right, I guess. Oh, one more thing. T-Swift is in trouble. Taylor Swift, because she didn't show up at the Women's March. Oh, no. Good heavens. What to do? 
Yeah, they've been after Taylor Swift for a while. In fact, they were pretty angry with her that she didn't come out and support Hillary Clinton. They were angry with her that she didn't oppose Donald Trump. And now, of course, Taylor Swift can do nothing right. She didn't show up at the Women's March, so I guess a bunch of feminists aren't going to be buying her albums anymore. I think it's worth pointing out that with a lot of these celebrities, as much as we like to make fun of them, or at least I do, I can't speak for you, though I feel like, Emily, you probably throw some shade at some celebrities who say dumb things about politics. Yeah, Just to, yeah I had a feeling. But they're, they're coerced into it. It's even worse than peer pressure. There's a yeah. professional... Uh, there, there's a professional blacklisting of anybody, not just who, won't, not just for supporting Trump. I mean, that's like you, you, you know, you'll, you'll never work in this town again, kind of stuff. But for uh, if you don't actively get involved to support Hillary and Barack and the Democrats and mm-hmm. the transgender stuff, the Women's March, you're not allowed to just sit on the sidelines and you know sing, dance, and act. They 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 want to make you do stuff. No, and actually, if you're a conservative in Hollywood, whether you're an A-list star or a D-list star or just somebody who works on a set, if you want to speak your mind, you have to go to these sort of secret meetings that happen in Hollywood, and you board a, a uh, Uber, and they don't tell you where you're going, and they drop you off in places, and they're, they're very secret meetings with very secret people, and they can't really speak out at all. It's easy for someone like Meryl Streep to do it because everyone in Hollywood who's anybody agrees with her. But conservatives in Hollywood and conservatives in the music industry are very far underground. You know that among the medical profession, doctors, uh, they've done all this research that shows their political affiliations. Surgeons tend to be conservative. (laughs) And the most left wing of MDs, do you want to take a guess? Um, internists? Psychiatrists. Yeah. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Check yeah. that one out. Yeah. Just a fun little party fact for you. Throwing it out there. Neither here nor there. Emily Zanotti is the political editor at Heat Street. She is E.M. Zanotti on Twitter. Emily, thank you so much for coming to hang out in the Freedom Hut. Come back soon. Will do. Team, we'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. I suppose this is the situation that we should all expect is possible now. You get on a plane, you sit down, and somebody next to you, uh, this is a flight from Baltimore to Seattle on Saturday, and somebody next to you asks whether you were there to protest Trump or to celebrate Trump. And if you were honest and you were a Trump supporter and said that, you might then have a complete stranger begin to berate you 
in all sorts of terrible, unfounded, rude, nasty ways and say things to you like, well, let's play some of the audio. This clip has gone viral. This happened just this Saturday. Trump supporter sitting there, woman sits next to him on the plane, and she just goes off. Play it. She has called me names and insulted me just for sitting down in the seat saying that I came here to celebrate today. Is there going to be a problem? There will be. I would like for him to change seats with someone. No, we're not. I'm going to get somebody. Well, you don't have that right. So I will get somebody to come and talk. All right, they, they escorted her. Oh, I'm sorry, but keep playing. That was a, that was a good... Can you believe in gravity? Did you know gravity is just a theory? <laughs> this woman doesn't want this guy sitting next to her because he went to the, he went to the presidential inauguration. I, she, she acts like he's sitting there in a, in a KKK robe and just got back from a rally. He went to a presidential... Okay, we can hit the audio. Thank you. He went to a presidential inauguration, and she wants him to be moved. And she has the temerity to think that she's in a place to say, I want him moved. It's like, lady, where do you think you are? Who do you think you are, and where do you think you are? She said to him, according to reports uh, that, that have since surfaced on Facebook and Fox News and elsewhere, I'm entitled to puke, uh, to get drunk and puke in your lap. I'm going to throw up right in your lap. You make me sick. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't you dare even put your arm on that rest. You disgust me. You should be ashamed of yourself. You put a maniac's finger on the button. You're a bigot. You should get off this plane. Well, you know who ended up getting off that plane? She did. They had uh, airline, and good for the airline. Game over, and she was causing a ruckus and berating a passenger, and you can't have fights and weird things happening up in the air so they just took they just took her butt right off that plane and there was clapping and chance there's clapping a chance of usa as they escorted her off we, we've already had we already had this we've been to this before right deja vu all over again yogi berra style we've been to this dance before we had somebody who was being really unkind that's that's for scratch really, who's being a total lunatic jerk to Ivanka Trump with her kids on uh, with her on a plane because her dad's becoming president. You had all the stuff that was said over the way. And I'm going to get into it all, by the way. Baron Trump and all, all of that. That's coming up in the third hour. But uh, we're coming up in, in a few minutes. We'll get to it. They don't learn. You are not allowed to do this stuff. You're not allowed to act out in this way. You can't take your political grievances as license to ruin other individuals' days and humiliate them and make them feel bad. These anti-Trump people are so mean. Did they not think that they're, even for reasons of expedience, there's just such a, there's such a self-defeating aspect of this. Even for reasons of trying to, re, trying to regain power if you're a Democrat, don't you want to bring converts over to your side? Don't you want to win again? Don't you want to get tired of winning? Oh, that would really, uh, I love it. Sometimes at the end of a tweet or at the end of a, I just want to say sad exclamation point just to get people riled up, just to see if I can get a little rise out of them. It's kind of fun. But this is really serious stuff. Everyone needs to just be cool to each other. This is not okay. And I love her whole thing, too. You know, do you believe in, you know, is gravity a theory? And, you know, 
She thinks that she thinks that gravity and climate change are on the same are on the same plane. She really does. Because there are professors of physics at MIT that dispute gravity, right? Well, there are professors at MIT that dispute climate change doctrine. So I, anyway, I, I, that's a whole other discussion, and I could talk about that one for hours too. Uh, but yeah, she got us. They they tossed her butt off the plane, and good. That's the right thing. They taught her a lesson, and I'm sure she's humiliated now, but she it's a lesson she had to learn. She was humiliating that guy. He was just sitting there. didn't do anything. Mean people, mean people are the worst. Mean people need to be mean to be shown that that's not okay. And I think everyone, Team Buck, we all just need to give each other a hug right now. All right. Much more coming. Hard-hitting analysis. Hard news. Tough stuff. Roar. 888-900-3393, team. Back right after this break. The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Team, I see the reports here that Trump is waging some kind of a, a war against our spies. Well, what are we supposed to think when we see things that tell us, for example, what Politico says here, that U.S. spies fear that allies will stop sharing intel under Russia-friendly Trump? So we're now being told that Donald Trump is going to be disrupting our efforts within the intel community just by nature the fact that he is so he is so pro russia and that spies are worried let me let me read to you a little bit from this piece and then we'll deconstruct it a bit together Uh, now that donald trump is officially its commander-in-chief america's foreign allies are being forced to grapple with a highly sensitive question is it still safe to share information with u.s intelligence agencies Uh, The global spy community, a fractious world where friends, frenemies, and sometimes enemies often enter alliances of convenience, always holds its breath when a new U.S. president takes office. But Trump is an anomaly even for a group used to strange strange things. The new president, who is due to visit the CIA headquarters on Saturday, has spent weeks insulting the intelligence agencies he now oversees. He has also pushed for warmer ties with Russia. As a result... U.S. officials and analysts fear other countries will hesitate to share information with a a uh, Kremlin-friendly Trump administration. These are just people that work for the intel agencies who are trying to say that Donald Trump cannot be trusted as commander-in-chief because of his relationship with Russia, which I have to say, I, I just think it's overstated. I'm not saying it's not there, and the moment that I see something that's real that's tangible that's bad some of the paul manafort stuff looks really bad he did step down as campaign chairman there were some weird things going on with manafort and consulting and ukraine that's real but that's manafort that's not trump i still can't get an answer to the question how is it that russia is going to dictate policy to trump when all along one of the main criticisms of him is that nobody dictates policy to trump because Trump decides what he decides, and that's how he wants to do things, and that's it. 
that no one can count on Trump to go one way or the other because he is mercurial. He makes it up as he goes along. He's not somebody who I would think any foreign government believes they can use leverage against to get certain specific policy outcomes, or at least that they think that they can be wrong. I should note to you that one of the staggering things that we learned when the archives of the KGB were opened up, uh, and we could see them, and the best example of this is the Matrokin Archive, which I've talked to you about. It's written under two books, uh, The Sword and the Shield and The Battle for the... Th it was the, the World Was Going Our Way, the KGB and the Battle for the Third World, uh, or whatever, something like that is the title. That one of the very important takeaways from this is, other than the enormous theft of military and commercial secrets that the Soviet Union engaged in, largely from people in this country who were ideologically aligned with communism. There were some that did it just for money, to be sure, but there were plenty of them who were just fellow travelers who just believed so much in the Soviet Union and in communism and the workers' paradise that they were building and workers of the world unite and all that stuff. And that's how they were able to pillage some of our secrets, uh, many of our secrets. But one of the other things that is apparent to you when you go through the archives is that the Soviets had a really weak understanding of the American mind. They were, they were incapable of exploiting certain gaps in our security because they couldn't believe that we were so trusting and they, they thought it was disinformation. Some of the stuff they got from us, some of the classified stuff they got during the Cold War, especially in the early days of the Cold War, they couldn't believe we would leave the front door open. They, they refused to believe the information they had because nobody would be so trusting and so naive and so oblivious. <laughs> In fact, we were. In fact, there were plenty of people that didn't think that the Soviet Union was a real counterintelligence threat, that they were our great ally after the second. This is really right in the 50s, early 50s, right after the Second World War. The Soviet Union, plenty of people thought, was someone that we could do business with. or well, not necessarily business, but somebody that we could be working with constructively. Our government certainly didn't think so, but there were people in this country who did think so. But the Soviets didn't believe some of it. They also thought that the Americans were much more bellicose, that we were much more desirous of even a nuclear exchange than we were. They had some stuff very wrong at the highest levels, which is troubling. So we need to not make the mistake of thinking that Vladimir Putin and Russia are omniscient, that they are all seeing that the, that the FSB, which, as you know, is a successor to the KGB. I think I can stop saying next enough of you already get that because we've talked about it here on the show many times. That the FSB is willing to play rougher than our intel agencies. They don't have rules. It's not that they're better. You'll, you'll hear this sometimes and one of my most trusted and most one of the most storied CIA authors I ever knew told me this once. Don't start to don't believe the hype about how oh the KGB is better was better than the CIA. You have to start from well they didn't have rules and we have rules and oversight and lawyers and Congress and there's a whole different ball game. It's it's like saying well they, they they're faster in the race than we are around the track and it's like well they cut across the middle and and they will try to push you to the ground, and they, they cheat. <laughs> so who's better? I mean, that's a, it's not really, it's not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison with intelligence services because we have all the things that I said, oversight and laws and all these other issues that come up. And so 
they didn't really understand the U.S. mindset. They didn't really understand the way that we viewed them, and that led to some, even though they had fantastic information, some very poor analysis. And the KGB analysts were, their case officers were, were good in the sense that they knew what they were trying to track down information-wise, and they did so with some very notable successes. And then you have the Rosenbergs and others who were just communist sympathizers and passed immensely valuable information to the Soviets. But this idea that gets a lot of traction right now in the media that Trump is a, a Russian agent of influence and that we know that Trump is going to um, do what the Russians say and that Putin owns him, it's just being taken way too far. And I, I can't help but bristle a little bit at this. U.S. officials and analysts fear other countries will hesitate to share information with Kremlin-friendly Trump. This is people inside the community, assuming that Politico is not completely fabricating its sources, which I don't think they would do that because, although, let's, let's be honest, how would anybody know? This is one of the great unasked questions of journalism. Given that there are so many anonymous sources, especially for juicy, hard-hitting stories of, that will have impact on the way people perceive political parties, individuals, how do you check on an anonymous source? You, who's going to who's going to blow the whistle on that? The person writing the piece doesn't have to let the higher ups know who the source is necessarily. So I'm just putting that out there. A lot of anonymous source stuff going on against the Trump administration. Now it is the Trump administration. He's no longer POTUS. He's POTUS. But this is to say that not only do they not trust him, meaning these so-called sources inside the intel community, and I, I believe that there are plenty of people, as, as I've talked to you about in the past and, and very recently as well, the organs and machinery of the institutional left have taken over much of the government intelligentsia. Many of the government jobs that require advanced degrees, the CIA is full of them. Many of those positions are filled with far-left Democrats now, and they absolutely hate Trump. They despise everything that he stands for, and they're clearly trying to undermine him. And I do think the White House, with a smile and one, you know, with a smile on their on their mouths, uh, while one hand was reaching out to th congratulate Trump, the other hand was passing information to the press to make Trump look bad on the way out. I think that I do not think they're above that. I don't think anybody in, the, in that former White House is above that. And it puts us in a very awkward position here. Those of us here in the Freedom Hood who try to just call things what they are, to be honest about it, to look at the information without political proclivity or bias, just to look at it and try to understand what is true and what's not. You have an entire media and government apparatus that wants not just to oppose, but to destroy the Trump administration. And then you do have a Trump administration that says things and does things and acts in a way that is sometimes hard to defend. And they leave things that are murky and there are these ties. And I get it. I'm, I'm trying to look at it all, honestly. But it's very hard when you know that there's such a huge effort out there to undermine the Trump administration. I think it becomes very hard to sift out what's. What's noise? What's disinformation from our media about the Trump administration? How many news stories can they get blatantly wrong before we start to say this isn't just good faith accident? This is 
they've thrown the rules out the window because they'll go with anything that hurts the administration. Like I've said to you, the, the retraction versus correction paradigm. Right? When do you just correct one thing in a story versus when do you retract the whole story and say, sorry, we more or less made this thing up? That's shifting now because they don't want to have retractions. Those like that. So they'll just add a little correction to a story. But some of the corrections should be retractions, and some of the retractions are inexcusable. And you have to ask yourself, why are major newspapers making inexcusable errors? Always against Trump, never in favor of Trump. And at what point does it cross the does it cross that boundary into fake news? Because just like with criminal law, yeah, there's mens rea, there's the intent, there's I know this is false and I'm going to do it anyway. But there's also recklessness, which reaches a level of criminality. And that alone can be a problem. Yeah, if you're driving 120 miles an hour, well, then, of course, you're breaking the law. But you're and, and you mow down four people, even if it's totally accidental, you didn't mean to. That's recklessness. You're held criminally liable, criminally liable for those deaths. With the media, they're being reckless with the way they report about the Trump administration, and it affects how we think about them. And to say things like, "Well, our our spy, spy agencies around the world won't work with our spy agencies now because of because of Trump," they are just they are just boxing them in as fast as they can. They are sandbagging this administration. They're trying to trap it in the corner. Nobody puts Trump in a corner. We'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. One of the first things that our newly sworn in president, Donald Trump, did uh, was his uh, CIA visit, CIA visit on Saturday over the weekend, trying to reach out to the intel community. I used to work in the intel community, as you all know, and there is a lot of political stuff that goes on over there. And anybody who says otherwise is either lying or just doesn't know what they're talking about. And they have been really overtaken with a lot of Democrat. They, they're they're Democrat operatives in all but name. And I don't say that it's different. I've never worked the FBI, so I can't speak knowledge about the FBI. I can tell you that in the CIA, there's the there's all this uh, office of diversity stuff. They're constantly pushing, and I think they they do special sort of reach out to LGBTQ day and all. Which this is not to say that I'm not friendly and kind towards LGBTQ people, but I mean, the CIA is about defending the country and about spies and about clandestine operations, and it really shouldn't be forced to bend the knee to this PC, politically correct nonsense, but it does. It does. This is now, this has now been infused into the federal culture, and the government, the permanent government, not the elected government, but the government that stays in place administration after administration reflects this increasingly and it's a problem it is a real problem and i think that 
the way that this plays out with the Trump administration could be very interesting because once he start, if he starts to look under the hood, he's going to see that there's a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse in even the national security agencies. That they're just huge. There are way there are way too many people working on some issues and not enough people working in others. I will say this, and this is the kind of thing that some would contest very uh, vociferously, but they are far too they are far too risk averse. They are way over lawyered. They have all sorts of it's so funny to me. People think of the CIA and these other agencies like they're these cowboy places where people are just running around doing all this stuff behind closed doors. It everything moves at a glacial pace. Everything is a waste of I shouldn't say everything is a waste, but everything is wasteful of taxpayer dollars in one level or another. Eventually, they get to a point where there's just money being wasted and the oversight of it is minimal and a lot of it is kept secret. And and that's that makes it harder to have real reform. But I'm just telling you, he's going to shake this stuff up. And as he shakes it up, it's going to get nasty. And I just have to laugh at how much the left now loves the waterboarding, black site using CIA. Oh, the CIA is irreproachable now that it's a useful cudgel, a useful tool against Donald Trump. I was in the Bush era CIA, and some people thought that CIA was a dirty acronym, a dirty word. It was getting a lot of abuse in the press. Oh, we got Iraq wrong. We were cowards. We wouldn't speak truth to power, all this sort of stuff. And... It was really bad for morale. You notice the press wasn't coming to anyone's defense then. All right, team. Uh, third hour coming up, 888-900-3393 on the phones. we got to talk about this woman's march thing. We'll hit that and more coming up. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 